0: the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your
1: Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Today on Exploring the Word, we're going to pick it up in John chapter 13, where we left off yesterday, and I welcome you to the program. Alex McFarland here, along with Bert Harper, and you're listening to the American Family Radio Network. But you know, every year around Christmas time, we'd love to promote Operation Christmas Child and the shoeboxes with Samaritan's Purse. And today, Bert, before we get into John 13, we're going to talk about something called The Greatest Journey. And this goes along with evangelism, it's uh, discipleship. And so this is always a worthwhile thing to talk about, the greatest journey of all, which is the journey of life with Jesus.
2: It is, and Christmas is my favorite time of year. But I can say Amen. Operation Christmas Child and The Greatest Journey makes it even better. And so we're here today, and we are thank you for listening, and we hope you're having a great day wherever you are. But we want to introduce our guest today. It's Matt Cottrell. Matt is from Boone, North Carolina. Now, I just got to say something. Matt, uh, how, how do you stay in that just very unlovely place? Now, I'm saying that <laughs> facetiously. I can yeah, just it's tough. I, I bet. Listen, Boone, North Carolina is one of those places that uh, when you go, you might not want to leave. Is that right? <laughs> Oh, we love it up
3: here. It's beautiful year-round. We get a whole bunch of four seasons every year, and we're about trying to
2: get some snow here this time of year. Oh, wow. Well, Alex, that's, that's how far Boone is from you where you live?
1: Oh, about two hours. It's been my privilege to go to Boone many times and speak at Appalachian State University and at churches all around. But uh, brother, as a fellow North Carolinian, that is a beautiful part of the world. I, I bet you're probably in Watauga County, and am I right?
3: You're exactly right, the heart of the high country here. We love it.
1: Yes, well, uh, the scenery is beautiful, but Samaritan's Purse being up there and just uh, really the world is being touched from the ministries right there from Boone, uh, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it's a little bit of an odd, perhaps, place to have the headquarters of an international ministry like Samaritan's Purse, but we make our way down to the airport in Charlotte and (laughs) find our way around the world, and we make it work. We love being up here, though
2: i just thought of this now this is pretty unique tupelo mississippi boone north carolina touching the world through their ministry afr we have you know we have stations all over america but because of the internet uh we are listened to all over the world and here it is tupelo mississippi boone north carolina uh not new york city and not la california But these two areas, and God uses them to touch the world. Reminds me of something about a place called Nazareth, Matt, you know? Yes, I was just going to say that, Bert. (laughs) Well, brother, enough of that. We need to get on that, but we could stay on that for a while because I love the geographical. But Operation Christmas Child is a great ministry, but they followed up with The Greatest Journey. Can you give us some details about The Greatest Journey?
3: Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you guys having us on and allowing us to talk a little bit. You're right. Um, uh, the Greatest Journey is uh, what many children, after receiving a gift box through Operation Christmas Child, are offered the opportunity to walk through this uh, 12-lesson discipleship journey. And the unique thing is that we've got trained teachers on site. They have classes of about 30 kids each. Uh, that will that are in a gospel centered relationship with each one of these children that are walking through the greatest journey. You know, it's sort of like a a Sunday school, or or many of us went to Vacation Bible School when we were younger, and so that's sort of what the greatest journey becomes uh, for so many kids uh, around the world, and it's it's incredible to think about uh, that since two thousand nine, we have had. Over 30 million kids uh, walk through the greatest journey. We've had more than 21 million of those kids uh, walk through as graduates of the program and really, um, by God's grace, have seen over 15 million decisions for Christ (laughs) out of this
2: program. It's amazing. It truly is. Hallelujah. Go ahead, Alex. Amen. Whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm just rejoicing over those numbers. Hmm, that, that, incredible. Is, that is. Go ahead, Alex. That
1: That, that is wonderful. And I, I'm on the website right now, which is uh, the, the one I'm on is SamaritansPurse.org slash Operation Christmas Child, The Greatest Journey, and it's talking about the millions and millions of children that have come to Christ and then through The Greatest Journey have gone through this 12-lesson discipleship course that goes along with uh, OCC, Operation Christmas Child. Um, as I understand it, the the shoeboxes, it really primes them and preps their heart and they, they put their faith in Jesus, but then The Greatest Journey really helps them grow and really be a disciple for Jesus, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, that's right. You know, the, the gift box is an exciting way to to start uh, off. We invite kids into these outreach events all over the world. We partner with uh, over 80,000 churches in 100-plus countries around the world. And so we have these exciting outreach events, and children are offered the gospel message and and invited to respond to that message and then after that yeah it's the it's 12 12- uh, lessons often it's oftentimes it's twelve weeks, so three months of this discipleship course that a, that a child is offered with the greatest journey. So that really is the the meat and potatoes, if you will, of of discipleship of being in that relationship with the child, inviting them back to uh, every week walk through these lessons, and that's where we really see um, incredible kingdom fruit, spiritual fruit coming out of that.
2: Now, those of you who are listening, how do you become a part of this? Yes, you pray, you hear. But for $6, you can provide a child's need for this 12-lesson discipleship program. It is taught by local people there that's in that local church. There's 80,000 churches, one of those. And $6 are multiplied by that. If you give 12, 18, you can do the math. And you, you can participate. And I want to give this number early. We'll give it again and again. Is 877 877- 616-2396. That's if you can't do it right now, write it down, press it in your phone, put it in your phone, 877-616-2396. And if you wanted to, you can go online at afr.net and follow that link and donate. Now, now Matt, as director of field ministry and discipleship, I'm sure you've got a lot of stories from individuals whose lives has been touched by the greatest journey haven't you
3: yeah we've we've heard uh stories throughout the years we hear them every year we get them in the office we celebrate over each one and um you know one came in recently and in fact you you talk about um, uh, individual life i just i love hearing the stories of of a transformed life of a changed life here's a a child that was this way. And then they were introduced and they made a decision for Christ. We had a story come in from a little country by the name of Lithuania, uh, which (laughs) is in, in Europe, just close to Poland and right next to Bulgaria. But we had a teacher, her name is Jovita and she was uh, teaching a greatest journey class there in, in, uh, uh, out of the Evangelical Church in Kaunas, Lithuania. She told us a story about one uh, one boy. His name is Carolus. He's 11 years old. Carolus's dad is, is an alcoholic, and his mom couldn't care for him, so his grandmother had him for several years, and his grandmother had to turn him over to an orphanage a couple years ago as well. And well, uh, Jovita came into the orphanage and had Carolus in her class. And uh, Carolus was just notorious. He was a bully to other kids. He broke windows with stones. He he didn't take food or gifts from others. He was just a bit of a problem child. And even within that first TGJ lesson, uh, Jovita told us that Carolus confessed that his mom had left him and that nobody loves him. Well, Jovita kept him in the class and made sure that he kept coming to the greatest journey and, and were... Everybody was praying over this uh, this boy in particular, and reading scripture, and teaching the class. And by God's grace, we saw transformation. Uh, we saw Careless has had walked through all twelve of those uh, TGJ lessons. He graduated out of mm. the class. He confesses now, and he would be the one to write down what we heard that he is forgiving uh, everyone that he's um, that he needs to in his life. He's singing Christian songs on his knees. And uh, a quote from careless himself, that Jesus is in his heart. And so his mm. teachers and the folks at the orphanage have really seen a, a massive change in just, in just one little boy's life. And so we talk about these massive numbers, millions of kids that have walked through the greatest journey, but really it comes down to seeing a change in just one boy's life. And we can, praise the Lord, we see that multiplied uh, across the world in so many different ways and so many different um, contexts. But that, yeah, that's just one story that I heard recently, just in the last few weeks.
1: Matt Alex here. I, I'm on the, the SamaritansPurse.org website, and it says more than 30.9 million children have enrolled in the Greatest Journey since 2009. Uh, over the next year, how how many more kids do you think would go through this program if if the resources were there to help them do it?
3: Yeah, great question. So this upcoming season, we're anticipating, we're praying, we're training towards uh, five million kids being enrolled in the greatest journey. So that's our target in this upcoming year. We had 4 million last year and uh, the Lord continues to allow the harvest. And so we keep pushing for that. And we're hopeful. We got about 10 million uh, Operation Christmas Child gift boxes that are getting processed right now. They're getting shipped off to 100 plus countries around the world in the coming weeks. And, and very soon after, we'll walk through the greatest journey. So we appreciate folks being involved in in prayers we appreciate folks packing and gift boxes we appreciate that six dollars per child for the greatest journey somebody gave that six
2: dollars gonna... that touched careless you know somebody <laughs> yes. gave six dollars and it changed that boy's life alex that's right that's I, I was right. At
1: six dollars i mean folks just think about this six dollars to scholarship a child if you would to go through this discipleship program now um I know when I've spoken at the Billy Graham headquarters, and I've known many, many staff there. The Greatest Journey is this kind of the same program, Matt. The the Billy Graham Greatest Journey and the Samaritan's Purse.
3: It is, yeah. It was developed uh, years ago, back in 2008, in partnership with the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, and they use it for a couple things. But um, Operation Christmas Child has the. Um, the thrust to get to that five million mark this year, and Amen. but yes, it is a very, the, the same program.
1: Reason I say that, folks, you know, whatever the Billy Graham Ministry does, it is solid, it is biblical, it bears fruit. It, this is this is the real deal. And six dollars to to disciple a child, and you, I think about this, Bert and Matt, the shoebox goes out, kids come to faith in Jesus. The greatest journey they grow up you never know what god is doing and the the way god is raising up those young lives to be champions for the gospel it thrills my heart to think of it doesn't it you bert
2: it does and matt one more thing about 40 seconds left it doesn't stop there it usually reaches into the family does it not
3: it sure does we get stories every year of parents that watch their Child, even sometimes the parent don't doesn't want them to go to the outreach event or even go to church, but they they watch their child walk through this discipleship course and they want to be a part of it too. They go to church, they get saved, and we praise the Lord for all that.
2: Hallelujah. Amen. Six dollars 2396 six one six two three nine six. We'll give that number again later on. Matt, thank you for being with us, brother, and God bless you. And thank take care of Boone, North Carolina. Thank you both. Come on up and see us sometime. Amen. We'll be back with more of Exploring the Word.
4: We can all relate to the discipleship impact Sunday School or VBS has had on our children's lives. The greatest journey is just like that, but with worldwide impact. Your gift of $6 provides evangelism and discipleship for children and multiplication of the church in more than 100 countries worldwide. Join with AFR and other listeners in this powerful outreach, sending the gospel into the corners of the world. Since 2009, as a result of this program, more than 12 million children have made decisions to follow Christ. $60 reaches 10 children. 150 reaches 25 children. Your donation provides instruction materials in 12 discipleship lessons in a child's own language, led by a teacher trained by Samaritan's Purse. Call 877-616-2396. That's 877-616-2396. Or donate online at AFR.net and help send children on the greatest journey. God always judges fairly, because he's God, but how does He judge sympathetically? Dr. Tony Evans says that's because of Jesus. He'll take us to Hebrews 4:15 as we spend two minutes with Tony.:
5: There is no category of life that anybody in this building has experienced, that Jesus has not experienced that category. He knows what it is to be lonely. He knows what it is to be rejected. He knows what it is to be hurt. He knows what it is, the Bible says, he cried and he shed tears like drops of blood. So he knows when you're weeping, how it feels to weep. And he even knows what it is to feel sin. Because on the cross, he bore our sin. It wasn't his sin, but he bore the judgment and the weight of the consequences of sin. So I don't care who you are, what you've been through, what you are going through, what you will go through, Jesus can tell the Father, God, I feel that. I feel that. I can tell you how that feels because I've been there, done that. I know what it is to go through that. I know what it is to be hungry. I know how to go through all of that. I know what it is to be homeless. For foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. I know what it is to be homeless. I know what it is to go through life struggles. So you have a high priest who can sympathize. See, all God the Father can do is know it, but God the Son can feel it. And when the knowledge of God the Father meets the sympathy of God the Son, you got a double hitter.
4: Learn more about what the names used to describe Jesus really mean and what they say about how he wants to relate with us. Check out Tony's book, The Power of Jesus' Names, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony.
0: Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. Grace to you, grace to
5: you, His invitation to
1: the broken, grace
5: to you.
2: Amen. We're, some of our bumper music, as we call it, just blesses me and a grace to you. Praise God for God's grace and He's bestowed it upon you, and what you want to do is say, I've discovered it. God gave me grace. I want to share the good news with Christ, and you can do that by being a part of the greatest journey. We just got through interviewing Matt Cottrell with uh, Operation Christmas Child, The Greatest Journey, and $6 puts one discipleship booklet in the hand of a young person that's that, that wants to go through this discipleship program. they uh, The person who is leading it is someone who has been trained by Samaritan's Purse, and you can be a part of that by calling 877-616-2396. That's 877-616-2396. I, I just want to tell you, Operation Christmas Child and the Greatest Journey are two of our greatest partners here at AFR Alex. Uh, we love them and they they bless us by being a part and letting us be a part of this
1: ministry, brother. Well, amen. It will it's a great partnership, it, it really is, and it's certainly bearing fruit. And and let me just say, as much as we rejoice in the people being one around the world, let's not forget to pray for the Spirit of God to move in our own nation as well. Bert, um Obviously, we, we thank God when people anywhere and everywhere are coming to the Lord, but we need a spirit-led move of evangelism in this country too, don't we? We
2: desperately do, and listen, it can begin. Every great awakening, every great revival always began somewhere, and you didn't, they didn't know it had begun until years later when they look back and say, look what God has done And so it may begin right in your neighborhood. It could uh, start in your church. So you're praying, oh, God, do a work in my life. And so that's what we're doing. And matter of fact, we're going to look at the work of God in John chapter 13. And yesterday, Alex, as we came to this point uh, Jesus had said, "One of you're going to betray me," and all of them said, "Is it I?" And then Simon Peter said to John, who was right next to Jesus, "Find out who it is." And Jesus told John, "The one that I dip and give to, that is the one." And so in verse 27 it says this, "After this piece of bread, Satan entered Judas's chariot, and Jesus said to him, "What you do, do quickly." Now, Alex, uh, Jesus, I I know I've made a big deal out of two things, and I think there are big deals. One, God's timetable, and then secondly, Jesus is in control. Here's Judas' chariot that's trying to look for something in a time frame, and Jesus is the one that says, now's the time. You go and do it quickly. Jesus, (laughs) even in this,
1: Jesus is in control, brother. He he really is, and you just think about this, you know, um, th- this betrayal. Uh, it- it's amazing how uh, something that would change the world and really, frankly, contribute to the condemnation of Judas's soul, it it, it happens quickly. Let let me say this, folks: um, <laughs> determining your heart to follow the Lord while the stakes are low. It it seems to be Bert that there's. Um, disobedience has this cumulative effect, and obey God in the small things, and you'll be strong later on to obey God in the larger things. But on the other hand, disobey God and harden your heart and resist the Lord in the small things, and then someday you'll be resisting God in life-changing, eternal things. And I want to say this betrayal of the Son of God, it didn't happen just in a moment. Invisible in the heart of Judas, this rejection and unbelief, it had been building for a long time, really, hadn't it? It had. Now,
2: he was a demon from the beginning, but given over and given over. And this time it says, Satan having entered him. Now, in other words, he had set himself up. This is verse 27. When it says, Now, after the piece of bread that Jesus gave to Judas Iscariot, Satan entered him. Now, Alex, Satan was already operating, as you just said. You made that so plain. But here, because of this biggest momentum decision he is ever going to make, Satan, with letting Satan have control of this little bit, Satan having control of this and that, now Satan is in full control. That's what happens. You don't give room to Satan Not in any area of your life. You follow Christ and you obey him. When you give room for Satan in one area, you're giving him room to operate in every area of your life. And so you stop it, you nip it in the bud, you stop it now, and you turn to Christ. If you're out there and you're struggling and you've said no to God, you said, yes, I want to dabble in this sin, whatever it may be. You're giving room for Satan to operate in your life, which will bring even greater and greater destruction. So here Jesus says, what you do, do quickly. But no one at the table knew for what reason he had said this. For some thought, because Judas had the money box, that Jesus had said to him, buy those things we need for the feast or that he should go and help the poor. Having received the piece of bread, Judas went out immediately, and it was night. Now I think that's significant. It was night. He goes out into the darkness to do a dark deed because his soul is dark. Alex,
1: mm, that's true. Under cover of night. Well, Jesus says this in verse thirty-one. Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in Him because of the the uh, well united, synonymous nature of the Father and the Son. He said, "I and the Father are one," and. In John three sixteen, where in the, the Old King James we read, only begotten, it re, really means of the same essence or nature. And so, as Jesus is glorified, the Father is glorified. Verse 32, if God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify him. Now, Bert there's you and I we we could do a whole show on the ways that God is glorified in the life death resurrection of Jesus i think one of the ways that you've alluded to is that God is in control i mean the schemes of satan would not overthrow the plan of god and just the the attempts on jesus's life from the the slaughter of the innocents under Herod, where the babies two years and younger were killed, to the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness, to even, I think, in the Garden of Eden. You know, Satan was trying to somehow derail the plan of salvation, have Jesus stumble or sin or die out of turn. God is glorified in the fact that he was sovereignly in control and Bert, to this very moment right now today God is still in control of history and I think God was also glorified remember we're gonna get to John 17 where Jesus says father glorify me with the glory which we had together before the world began from eternity past to this present moment in eternity forever God is glorified in His love being manifested, and I'll say this, and you uh, join in. Uh, but look, the law is satisfied; mercy was demonstrated; all of God's righteousness was upheld; uh, grace was was demonstrated. Only God could have pulled this off. I mean, <laughs> I, I really think in It'd all of a- this, history's ugliest day. Whereas Adrian Rogers so beautifully said, man on a skull-shaped hill outside of Jerusalem, man murdered his maker, said Adrian Rogers. But yet it was history's most beautiful day, because the power, the love, the mercy, the grace, the compassion of Almighty God was so beautifully demonstrated.
2: Amen, Alex. And we see other people trying to do something that is satanic in its nature, anything but God any way but Jesus, and that's what the world religions are all about, anything but Jesus. No, it's he's not the way. You can keep these five pillars. Oh, you can reincarnation by doing good, and you can keep on and come back something higher and bigger and better. I just want to tell you, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through him, and that's why in verse 33, I I love verse 33, He's been preparing them, saying, I'm going to be going to Jerusalem, and I'm going to be taken captive, I'm going to be tried, I'm going to be put to death. And he's been telling that, but he'd say, saying, Third day, I'll rise again. Now listen to verse 33 as he's culminating this, and this is the Thursday before the Friday that we're talking about. Little children, I shall be with you a little while longer. You will seek me, and as I said to the Jews, where I am going, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment. Now, what are you to do since you can't come to me? I'm going to leave you here. I, verses 34 and 35, some of the greatest verses you could ever read. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Alex, that's why I I hate uh, and I think I'm using the right word church fusses, church splits. Mm. Uh, listen, uh, man, get along with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, sometimes you have to stand, but you can stand in love. And they'll know that you love me because you love one another. We're not talking about mush love. We're talking about strong love, sharing and caring with one another. And, Alex, the world will know because we love one another. And uh, has that changed?
1: Oh, no. And, you know, I've always loved John 13, uh, 38. Uh, where, you know, it says that we're supposed to, well, 34 and 35, that we're supposed to love one another. All men will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. And then 38, Jesus says, when they ask him, uh, you know, Peter says, why can't I go where you're going to go? And Jesus says, will you lay down your life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto you, the cock shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Now, here's the thing. Uh Peter couldn't lay down his life for Jesus. Jesus was laying his life down for Peter. But we are to lay down our lives in obedience to the Lord. And that's one of the ironies. And we've talked about A.W. Tozer before. But Tozer famously said, for the Christian, the way up is down. (laughs) If you exalt yourself, you're going to be humbled. But if you humble yourself before the Lord, he will lift you up. And the way to be great in the eyes of God is to be the servant of all. That's Mark ten forty four. And so, Bert, one of the ways that we honor the Lord, serve the Lord, and we demonstrate Christ's likeness is to, to love others. And I'm going to say this, like you said, we're not talking about mush love, but I want to say this, folks, be a peacemaker. That doesn't mean be a doormat. Uh, We're supposed to lovingly stand for convictions. But, Bert, the Bible says that uh, blessed are the peacemakers. And I I think one of the ways that we could be a strong witness, and frankly I think a hungry world would be the path to our door, is if we honestly love one another as Christ loved us. How did he love us? He laid down his life for us. And I think we just need to lay down our lives for, for the brothers and sisters, don't we?
2: Speak it, Alex. That is so true. And notice one thing before we get out of this chapter of verse 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me now. Isn't that a beautiful word now? But listen to the last part of verse 36. It gives the great promise, but you shall follow me afterward. Listen, I'm going to be taken away. And they're going to see him die. They're going to know that he rose again. They're going to see him as he ascended. And he let them know, you will follow me. Now, how do you follow him? You follow him through faith. You follow him by following him in obedience. But then you follow him in death for the believer. Death becomes a way into glory of heaven. It is a doorway. Jesus says, I am the way, I'm the truth. He says, I am the door. No man can enter in except through me. And so, Alex, when you see that little tag on the end of verse 36, but you shall
1: follow me afterwards, that's full of promise, brother. Well, it is. It is. And, yes, we will follow him. But, you know, he had to do, like Jesus said to Judas, you know, what you're going to do, do quickly. Well, what Christ was going to do, he could only do alone you know we put our faith in Jesus but we don't we don't purchase our own forgiveness we receive the forgiveness and salvation that Jesus purchased for us nobody but Jesus could pay our sin debt on the cross i mean there there was no other way and and do you remember the the cry and this is a big old 85 cent theological word what's called the dereliction of Jesus yeah. was it mean he was abandoned On Christ was the sin debt of the world placed, and the sky became dark. It's almost as if the elements themselves unraveled (laughs) as the Son of God, the Creator, was nailed to the cross. Nobody could pay it but Jesus, and and he did it alone. Now, Bert, I don't think we fully understand that, but from the cross, he shouted out Psalm 22.1, you know, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The reason I'm saying that is um, this incredible plan of salvation and this painful, sacrificial act of love, which is the only way of being reconciled to God. Bert, wasn't that a songwriter true? Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Amen. It's when true, I, isn't it?
2: It its When I survey the wondrous cross, if you're wondering, I, in my opinion, it's the greatest hymn ever written. That's just... Wow. Uh, when I... Demands my life, my soul, my all. Have you given your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ? Has there been a transaction where you died to self and said yes to Christ and followed him? He's done his part. Would you follow him and say yes to him? We're going to take phone calls in the next segment. That phone number is 888-589-8840.
0: AFA is no longer dependent on Facebook or YouTube to live stream our original programming. As of now, American Family Radio shows like Today's Issues, The Court, airing the Addisons, and The Hamilton Corner are streaming live on the AFA streaming app independent live streaming is the next step as we come out from among them and separate ourselves unto the Lord. Search AFA Streaming or visit streaming.afa.net to sign up. There are miracles surrounding the events leading up to Jesus' birth. This week, we'll look at the interaction between Mary and the angel Gabriel Mary's extraordinary visit with her cousin Elizabeth and the awe-inspiring arrival of John the Baptist. Explore the truth behind the mystery on Truth For Life with Alistair Beck. Truth For Life, weekday mornings at 1130 Central on AFR and online at AFR.net.
4: John Bunyan's epic masterpiece, streaming now. We have to get out, Christiana. It says so in this, and I believe it in here. You're asking me and the children to follow you beyond the borders. It's this way. The Pilgrim's Progress. Keep that light in your eye and go straight towards it. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Keep on the straight path. This Christmas, experience the most important journey your family may ever take. (laughs)
0: I will not fail him, you deceiver, you liar. You will go no further.
4: Streaming now free only for a limited time. Visit afa.net forward slash pilgrims. That's afa.net forward slash pilgrims.
2: Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Protests against the Communist Chinese government's draconian COVID protocols have broken out all across the nation. Dubbed the White Paper Revolution, it is reportedly the largest protest in China since Tiananmen Square in 1989. After three years of lockdown policies, a fire in a high-rise building in the capital of the Xinjiang province ignited the protests. The government forcibly locked citizens in their apartments, preventing them from being able to escape a building fire. At least
5: 10 people were killed and many others injured. The government's policies literally killed people, and the Chinese citizens are saying, enough.
4: Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
0: A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not extinguish. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow weak or discouraged before he has established justice on the earth. In his law, the islands will put their hope. Isaiah 42, 3 and 4. American Family Radio. Welcome back to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio.
1: Welcome back to Exploring the Word. The number triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. We would love your calls, toll free nationwide. Call in with a Bible question. Triple eight five eight nine eighty eight forty. Bert and Alex here, eager to talk with you on today's edition of Exploring the Word. We
2: really are. Lines are open. It'd be a great time for you to call, especially those first time callers that hadn't called before. Right now, dial that number at 888 While we're waiting for others, let's go to Arkansas and welcome Don. Don, thank you for calling today.
4: Thank you for taking my call. I just picked up on the end of uh, your last sequence here before the commercial break, and uh, you were talking about um, uh, our Lord saying, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Um, Do you uh, feel that uh, Christ uh, had a moment of doubt
2: at that time? Okay. Alex, uh, Psalm 22, again, when you read the Psalm 22, it really, the whole Psalm brings that into context afterwards. Uh, Verse 3 of Psalm 22, verse 3 says, But you are holy, who inhabited the praises of Israel. And again, That's the the holiness of God is demonstrated in that, that not looking upon sin. Uh, Yes, I think Jesus knew this moment was coming, but experiencing it even in his flesh, Alex, uh, I I think it was a tremendous upheaval in his life. You remember that scripture that we just read in John uh, 13 about Jesus was troubled in his spirit? That was in Mm -hmm. John 13. How much more would he have on the cross?
1: Yeah, and we've got to remember the dual nature of Jesus, fully divine, fully human, but not fallen human. And so that he legitimately, it it could be said, he was tempted in all points like we, yet without sin. You know, I think in in the human, uh, the, the frailty of the human nature going through all of this pain and agony yeah i mean i think he was afraid i think he uh had doubt and fear because look all of the emotions that just sometimes wreak havoc within us jesus understands and so we can throw ourselves into the arms of jesus and know that whether it's betrayal or fear or uncertainty um, jesus understands and he can catch us when we fall because listen He went through it all and stood. Now, uh, I want to say this, because people have asked, was there ever danger of God ceasing to exist or something? No. God is eternal, and the creation could never uh, overthrow the Creator. But yeah, I think in the human sense, because He willingly uh, took on frailty to be our Savior, I think it was all the horror and terror and fear that we could imagine. I mean you think about the guilt of humanity and yet he he took it, he bore it, he rose again and in him we rise and stand as well.
2: Amen. Don, I would also say Philippians chapter 2 that Jesus emptied himself. Uh it it demonstrates that that is that is the incarnation, but it's also followed up on the cross and became obedient unto death so in Philippians chapter 2 Alex you have the Christmas story and the Easter story right there in Paul's writings and I think that emptying what you just described is is illustrated by that word that yes Jesus did that and uh, that that troubled in his spirit yes I do believe it as well let's go to Texas we welcome Steve Steve thank you for calling
4: Yes, uh, my question is about in the millennium, there is going to be a temple built by the Messiah during the thousand-year millennium. My question is, my understanding of Scripture is that there are going to be sacrifices in that temple. Is that what scripture teaches,
2: and why is that Steve? Thank you for calling. We know the temple's going to be rebuilt uh alex uh there's you and i we agree just about on everything. I wonder about the sacrifice myself why would what why would a sacrifice be given in the millennial reign when the Lamb of God is ruling and reigning? go ahead
1: yeah uh I- you know the, the Bible says that the law was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ in other words it was like a tutor to show his escalations 324 through 26 by the way to show how burdensome uh the law was and we we in fact couldn't keep it now Jesus, during the millennium, Jesus is going to physically reign on earth, and yet near the end of the millennium, there will still be a rebellion because there will be people that outwardly are going through the motions. So let me say this. um, This third temple that is going to be rebuilt and is going to be defiled during the tribulation period, and any temple or anything operative in Jerusalem during the millennial period, Bert, here's what I think it would be for uh it is not for the atonement for sins because that was done once for all on Calvary's cross and the lord said it is finished but the the workings of the temple uh it's going to show that people really ought to believe in Jesus because i mean it's like my goodness why would you want to go back to it to the law with all of its minutia when it showed us how desperately we needed a savior. Anyway, let me just say this, Bert, if you've ever gone to like the state fair and there'll be an exhibit of how they used to do the farming and used to do before all of the modern conveniences and you look at the old uh, hand-operated machinery and the thrashing and you say, wow, we got it good here. We don't have to plow with a, a mule like they did 100 years ago. I mean, I think in a way the operations out of Jerusalem during the millennium might be like a memorial that, if we were smart, would make us all the more grateful for the fact that Christ paid it all and rose again. And yet, people are still going to reject Jesus, not all but some, in spite of the gift of salvation that is so freely offered.
2: Okay, Steve, thank you for calling. We hope that helps. Let's go to Iowa and talk to Dan. Uh, Dan, how cold is it in Iowa right now?
0: Oh, it's it's pretty nice. It's like
2: forty some degrees. Oh so. wow, you got summertime yeah. up there, guy. <laughs> just, just about. Gotta, okay, can't so, complain about this. this okay, fall. thank you for calling. What's your question for us today? Uh, okay, so you know,
3: uh, I noticed I've been talking to a lot of people, and they're not this year Christmas falls on Sunday and a lot of churches are not having service on Sunday. Our church in, is also one of those that's not having church on Sunday. We're having a Christmas Eve uh, service, but I, I, I'm just curious what you think about that,
4: because that is a, a problem for me, not to have church on Christmas of all days.
2: Well, Dan, I, I'll, I'm, I'm a pastor, interim pastor, until they get a full-time. We're having the one service where we didn't we're not having the bible study groups we're having one service we're trying to work it out for family to have time together but also the church coming together as a family i i i i think i prefer that that's the only thing i'm going to say alex i i think it'd be a great time i think it'd be in consideration of families yeah you don't have to have two services you don't have to have the the small groups meeting But having the family of God come together on Easter, I mean, on Christmas morning, uh, I like the idea myself of coming together.
1: Uh, Let me tell you, every Sunday is a blessing to go to, to worship and fellowship and hear the Word. And then on that, you know, once every seven years when Christmas Day comes on Sunday, my heart breaks at the thought of churches not having church, on the day we celebrate the lord's birthday um and look i'm not going to apologize and say that i'm old school or conservative look if ever there were a day to do right and go to honor the the savior christmas day on sunday have church be in church
2: amen uh what was it that that you say it quite a bit the guy said about billy graham he set the church back 20 years and he said i'd I I I failed. I wanted to set it back two thousand years, you know. Amen, and, amen. And so I I old school sometimes is the right school, you know.
1: Exactly, <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, um, if Peter, Paul, and the apostles were around and Christmas Day fell on a Sunday, do you think they'd have church? I think they would.
2: Okay, let's go to Georgia and talk to Ethel. Ethel, welcome. Yes, welcome.
1: Well, hello. Good afternoon. And uh, thank you for a very pleasant, wonderful program.
2: Well, thank you. Uh, Thank you, Ethel.
1: In Genesis, uh, Jacob prophesied over his sons, and he gave the scepter to uh, Judah until Shiloh come. However, I've never been able to quite comprehend uh, the full meaning of what he prophesied over Joseph.
2: Okay. Alex, you remember that. Let me say something about prophesying and blessing. Uh, I think there is that Jacob was continuing what had done for Abraham, what Isaac had done for he and his brother Esau, and he continues it here. And it was prophecy, but some of them was a blessing, and some of it was a warning, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, it was. This is in Genesis 49, and you and I, we um, spent a, a quite a long time going over uh, the book of Genesis, fifty chapters, and you read the blessings over over all the sons, and Joseph. Uh, that was the one that she was asking about, right? Yes, it is. Yeah, you know what? Uh, let me encourage everybody to read uh, forty nine because um, sometimes these things are are kind of obscure. What the different things are? I mean, you've got uh, Dan, a serpent, by the way, and um, now. Uh, we know that the scepter of Judah represents the fact that out of Judah would come a king, and of course that's Jesus, the king of the Jews. But um, specifically, uh, is the collar still on, Bert? Do I we think
2: have, there, she's ask asking about Psalm, I mean, uh, Genesis forty nine twenty two. Joseph is a fruitful bough, a fruitful okay. bough by well. His branches run over the wall. That's the one she was asking about, Alex.
1: Uh, Well, <laughs> you know... Good things would come from his lineage. I mean, I think that's the, the summation of what we're saying out of there that good things would come. Because whenever you talk about fruitfulness, or like in Psalm 1, a tree by the waters, a fruitful bow by a well, branches run over the wall, um, I think good things would come from his lineage, is about the summation of what we would get from that.
2: And if you look down in 25, you will find the blessing that Almighty God will bless you with blessings. Of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath. So these blessings come from the Lord. And again, a fruitful bow. That's what you get with Joseph. And again, as as much a blessing as it is a prophecy. And so I I just want to share with you, those of you who are fathers and grandfathers, bless your children. Bless them. uh, The word of God over them. Pray over them and ask God to use them for his glory. Thank you, Ethel. Let's go to Mississippi and talk to Gwen. Gwen, welcome. Uh, Good afternoon. Thank you all for uh, taking my call this afternoon. Y'all doing okay? Doing Doing great, Gwen. Good to hear from you. Blessed to hear from you. You, We certainly are. Um, Okay, I'm just a little confused about something. Now, my question is, why did Jesus have to be born through a virgin? And And I believe it. I believe it, but I've been trying to find scriptures that would help me,
4: you know, with that.
2: Okay, I'm going to introduce this, Gwen. Thank you for calling. Alex, you will say he is fully God, but he's also man, but not man, the sinful man. And does virgin birth have anything to do with
1: that? That's right. You know, uh, in 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty-two, it says, In Adam all die. In other words, meaning the first Adam. We are all children of Adam and Eve, and we are born with an inherited sin nature. It's been said that we are sinners by birth and sinners by choice. I mean, we do sinful deeds, but we even have this inherited unrighteousness of Adam. Now, I know this is complex, But Jesus had to be born of a virgin so that he didn't inherit the guilt of Adam and Eve. Now, Bert, let me say this. Uh, In many ways, this universe operates on legal principles. And by that, what I mean is this, that God is a lawful God. And Romans 4 says if we put our trust in Jesus, the righteousness of Jesus is accredited to us in a legal sense. We're declared righteous in the eyes of God. But before we have Jesus, we have the imputed, accredited unrighteousness of Adam and Eve. We need a Savior because we're children of the first Adam. So Jesus had to be born of a virgin so that he could be qualified to be the world's Savior so that he would come into the world and not be under the guilt sentence of Adam and Eve. The
2: Word is, and the Spirit will overshadow you, and you will conceive and bear a son. The virgin birth of Christ and the conception of the Holy Spirit, that is part of the virgin birth. Don't miss out on those running side by side. Alex, man, it's been good. Let me give a number real quick concerning the greatest journey. Yeah. Call and give your money. Make that pledge. The number, write it down, eight seven seven six one six two three nine six. It's a great way to celebrate Christmas, isn't it, Alex?
1: Well, it really is. And folks, if you would read on ahead to John chapter 14, we're going to start there tomorrow, one of the most beautiful chapters of the New Testament. In the meantime, may God bless you and may God be with you. We'll see you tomorrow.